Welcome to Sustainable 138. Welcome yourself to Sustainable 138. Oh, we are your friendly weekly environment podcast all about the planet and the people that live on it and why, despite everything being noised, we can have a chuckle about it every now and then, don't we? Yes. Yes. How was your holiday? It was very nice. Good. What are we talking about this week, Oh, Well, Dave, theme alert. Haven't done this for a while. You know when you're like brushing your teeth and stuff, what is it you're trying to get rid of? Uh, anger, sadness, regret, <laughs> memories enamel, of the day, memories, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, that's a window into your horrible, horrible start and end to every day. I believe you're also trying to get rid of some plaque, right? Yes. So, um, and we're going to be talking about some plaques on the back of taxis. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, what about, what are other things happen in the bathroom in your morning routine? <laughs> um, family show. Family show. Uh, I have a little wash, don't I, in the, in the shower? Yes, well, we're going to be talking about a shower of MPs, or a very small shower of MPs, as it turns out, who turned up to talk about climate change. Uh, other things that you might find in your bathroom, Dave? Ladybirds. Yes, I think you talked about that yeah, before. Significant and growing and uh, very, very aggressive. Ladybird was... <laughs> what do you mean very... A ladybird cannot be very, very aggressive. A ladybird... A ladybird... A ladybird was sick on my girlfriend, and as a result, she put her head through a light bulb. That happened. Your life is so weird. It's like a sort of sitcom on acid. It's just very strange. Uh, finally, well, other things in addition to sicky ladybirds that you might find would be, you know, sinks. Yes, yeah. well, a sink. I don't uh, know, almost, obviously, most people's houses, there's just one sink. I recognise this wasn't the case when you were growing up. <laughs> a sink in every room, <laughs> attended by a butler. Uh, yeah, well, we're going to be talking about somewhere where you might sink into the mud. Uh, that there Glastonbury Festival, which has gone all green. Woo. Finally... What's the what's your favourite thing in all bathrooms, Dave? Uh, having a nice poo. Right. What do you do when you've done your nice poo? Uh, you want me to say wipe my bottom. I do want you to say yes. wipe your bottom. Yes. Say wipe your bottom. Wipe my bottom. Yes. Using bog roll. Yes, bog roll. Now look, we're going to be talking about bog roll, not because we're children who like talking about bottoms the whole not time. Not just because. Not only because yes. of that, but because it turns out that bog roll is really, really really bad for all the forests and all the climate so we're going to talk about that so there's your theme it's bathroom sort of thingamajigs which all nicely linked towards a broader conversation about hygiene very good yes we are going to talk about whether or not one should wash just before any of that the usual disclaimer that we do work for environment charities but these are very much our own views so if you got any beef with anything that we say don't pull the curtain on us Take it up with me and all, and not with anyone for whom we work. Yes? No, and, and don't certainly don't take it up with anyone called Jean for whom we work. Because if you did, you go, Hi, Jean. God, on with it. I've got, I've got a complaint. On with it. Jean? Sustainable of the Week. 
So, Sustainable of the Week. This is the section where we look at some of the absolute piffle that has been spoken in the name of going green, sometimes by politicians, sometimes by companies, or sometimes, yes. as in this case, by complete burks up in the north. Right. So, uh, do you know, Ol, where South Tyneside is? Yes, it's Tyneside, but south. Where's that then? Newcastle. Oh, Newcastle upon Tyne, that's right. Play the... Uh yeah, very good. Nice. Yeah, yeah nice. nice. Tasteful, good. sensitive as ever. Now, oh, when we started this podcast, do you remember way back when we the original thing we started doing was finding totally ridiculous examples of people pretending to be doing green things when they weren't? Yeah. Absolutely. And that was like a, the original idea of this podcast. And over time, we've started talking about the collapse of all the insect species and stuff. And sort Whatever. Of sidetracked. But <laughs> this, this is gold-plated babble. Yes. It's, I mean, it, is, it doesn't come any babblier than this. When I first saw this on Twitter, it's like, that can't be, that can't be real. No, it's real. That can't be a thing. It is real. It is a thing. Yes. It's incredible. What has happened is this. Your council up in South Tyneside, obviously in South Tyneside, like everywhere else, there's a load of taxis, uh, which are cars that drive around and spew emissions into the environment and kill squirrels and all sorts of other stuff. Um, and anyways, 550 privately licensed taxis in South Tyneside, which is probably about the right amount. Now, if you wanted to do something <laughs> about your, the... That's your detailed analysis, is it? Probably about the right amount. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you wanted to do something about the environmental impact of taxis on... Mm. Uh, give me just top of your head. Top of your head. Chuck out some ideas. Because the council, the council have decided that they're going to clean up the, uh, the environmental footprint of these taxis. And they've announced a thing. So what do you think it is? Oh. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the, the, the sub... Uh, heading in this article that I'm looking at says taxis in South, South Tyneside are going green. There we are. So they right. must be going green by doing something like maybe they're all going electric. Maybe they're getting rid of uh, the old petrol and diesel going, <clears throat> going for electric. Not doing that? No? Okay. Uh, maybe they're all um, linking up with the park and ride service <clears throat> or something like there, or offering like free bicycle store. Maybe they're all going to take bikes so you can only use the taxis a little bit. Or maybe they're being directed away from the most polluted parts of the city. Or maybe no, no, let me stop you I've got there, more right? ideas. No, I've yeah. got about 17 I know, more no, ideas. let me stop you there. What you're doing there is you're thinking about how to reduce the environmental impact of taxis. Now, imagine you were... Wasn't that the Yes, job? it was. But yeah. imagine you were actually trying to do something totally sodding stupid. <laughs> uh, what you might come out with is something like... Drum roll, please. The new eco-plate. What's an eco-plate, Dave? An eco-plate, oh, is a fully biodegradable... Oh, good. ...license plate. <laughs> It is environmentally friendly, as the polypropylene, it says here, is both photo and biodegradable. What's photo... photo? Photodegradable? What does that mean? Degrades in the sun, maybe? Uh, and can easily be disposed of by using scissors or a shredder. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can easily be disposed of using scissors or a shredder. Yes. And one day I might do that. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure it makes you particularly green or, or, or photodegradable. Hang, you, hang on, though. Are you seriously... Have we got this right? So the little square bits of plastic on the back of a car that say, I'm a taxi licensed to drive around South Tyneside. Yes. 
PV297 or HV45 or whatever. Yes. Right, yeah. So they're, they're now made out of some sort of plastic, which is a bit more biodegradable. It's a lot more biodegradable. I mean, these are the greenest <laughs> license plates I could possibly imagine. Not, you know, credit where it's due. Oh, they have set about cleaning up the environmental footprint of the entire taxi fleet in South Tyneside. <laughs> and they have done that by giving them the greenest, most recyclable, most biodegradable plastic things on the back <laughs> Ever. As Councillor Mark Walsh, oh, good. lead member quote. of House... Some <laughs> doofus is justifying it. As Excellent. Councillor... I can't wait to hear this. As Councillor Mark Walsh, lead member for Housing and Transport at South Tyneside Come on, Council, Mark. says... <laughs> Let's hear you. I'm delighted that the council is able to provide these plates at no extra charge to licence holders. Taxis are an important part of the transport mix in the borough, and measures such as this help create a cleaner, greener fleet. We've begun replacing the plates and we've had a really positive response from the drivers. Of course you've had a really positive response from drivers because here's what's happened is you've said to the drivers, right, we're going to do something about your environmental footprint. And exactly. they've gone, shit, gone, shit, 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 shit. What's going to happen? Uh, what's going to happen? Uh, uh, fiddle the figures on my like, speedometer or something. Uh, what, uh, help, help, what's it going to be? We're going to insist that that bit of plastic on the back is a different bit of plastic. And like... That's it. <laughs> Step up to red alert. Uh, sir, are you absolutely sure? It does mean changing the bulb. Crikey Moses, I did not know that. So, this is the section where we go, whoa, whoa, uh, hang on. dude, that can't, oh my God, it is... Oh, Jesus. Wow. Well, not so much, oh, Jesus, just more, wow. Yes. That can't be true. Can't be true. It is true. This is the most extraordinary statistic I have ever heard. And you're in economics. You love a good stat. This is the statistic, what I heard, right? Did you know that the average four-person household in the USA uses over 40 kilograms... (laughs) Hundred pounds of bog roll every year. Forty kilograms. Put that into context. Hang on a minute. A kilogram is like a, a, a bag of sugar is a kilo, right? Right. Well, if, if it weighs a kilogram, a, yes. a, a one kilo bag of <laughs> sugar is a kilo. <laughs> yes. Okay, but I can imagine that, and a liter of water that weighs a kilo. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. What? Yeah. No, it's it. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Let's get Big Dave on one day to check this all out. But get Big Dave on now. Big Dave. Does a litre of water weigh a kilogram? Hi guys. Yes and no. A kilogram was defined as the mass of a litre of water originally, but that was a bit difficult to deal with. In about 1800, they created a specific piece of metal that was the reference kilogram for ages. Um, but now they're actually going to change that again. Anyway, science. 40 kilograms is about half of the weight of... An adult male in the UK, anyway, as you as you rather cattily pointed out in our notes, uh, potentially not half of the weight of an average American male. But let's <laughs> move on. So that's like half of your body weight a year. It's more than half of my body weight because you're spindly. How sure, do you manage sure. to be spindly? You've just polished off a colossal <laughs> bowl of nuts I've given you. How do you manage to do uh, that? all ang- of the bad stuff you do to yourself? <laughs> Anxiety, g- caffeine, cycling. And a child. 
Anyway, yes, there's a vast amount of bog roll every year used by an American family. Now, where bog roll come from? Oh, comes off of trees. Now, I buy recycled bog roll. Do you? Uh, usually, I don't think the stuff we've currently got is recycled, actually. That's I'm clean, sure. is it? Uh, yes, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't yet used it. <laughs> but hang on, you, you have purchased with your own money in your house right now is bog roll, what has not previously been through anyone's arse and is just come straight from a tree. Has tree has been well, hang chopped on a minute, down. Hang on a minute, you're conflating two things there. A tree has there been is, chopped down. There is bog roll which is made out of recycled paper yes. and other recycled paper products. Yes. And you're talking about bog roll that is made out of recycled bog roll. <laughs> and I'm not sure anyone listening to this really wants to have the latter. I'd be slightly worried if any of them do have it. Do you have it? Is that what you have? Well, you know what I mean? Is it fresh bog roll or recycled paper bog roll? I, I honestly don't know. Why not? Because well, why I didn't, didn't you look? Because <laughs> I haven't been home. Well, you should care about this because it's destroying sodding forests. I do. I'm pretty sure. I just look. I'm just trying to answer this honestly. The easier thing would have been to go. Yep. And it may be the case. I just, I can't remember. Well, what if I said, well, if you... America's heavy use, says a piece in The Guardian, of toilet paper. Heavy is horrible, isn't it? Heavy use of toilet paper. Have you used toilet paper heavily in your life? Occasionally, yeah. There's a guy at work who I quite (laughs) often get... We've got individual cubicles at work for doing your number twos. um, And... Un- with uncanny frequency, I'm next in a cubicle to somebody who it sounds like treats their bottom like <laughs> a bit of wood that is a bit rough and needs a good sanding because <laughs> it's just relentless. And it's like... God, do, do, do an impression for the Babel Army. What does it well, it's like? kind of, you know, you see, it's the sort of thing you don't at first notice because the sounds are normal. It's like, you know, f- 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 pull papered from the dispenser. Yeah. F- 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 What's the f f f f Like a bit of kind of, I've sped it up for effect, but but wiping. Wiping. You know, yeah, wiping. Right, and right. you and obviously you, that's what happens after people have done poots, so you, you're not really paying attention. And after a while you realise that noise has been going on for a while and you start listening and it goes on for another while and another while and you think, what's left? And also, what's left of your arsehole? <laughs> <laughs> like, leave it alone. <laughs> And it's quite dramatic. You know, sometimes I like talking to people about it because it's quite funny. But also, I do worry. I do. I am concerned. Anyway, it says here in The Guardian, America's heavy use of toilet paper, particularly the pillowy soft kind, favoured by all, is worsening climate change and taking a, quote, dramatic and irreversible toll on forests, especially up in Canada, um, say the National Resources Defence Council and someone else. 28 million acres of Canadian boreal forest. What's a boreal forest, Oh, Green one? Uh, forest up in the top, sort of like, Near the Arctic. Right. So very important. So if they're going around chopping down 28 million acres of Canadian boreal forest mm. since 1996, 23% oh, of which was used for pulp, which is the key ingredient in toilet paper, that's bad. Yes? Yes. Yes, that's very bad. I don't. I can't really envisage what 28 million hectares Looks like hang on uh, acres. I'm gonna, acres. I'm going to bung it. Let's have a look. Twenty million acres size of Wales. Yeah, I was going to say it's always Wales, isn't it? The comparison uh, in area, Wales 
is 5.1 million acres. Oh, Lord. So that is, so since 1996, five whales is has been chopped down, or basically, mathematically, a whales, a whales worth of forest, because it's 23% of the chopped down trees has been used for virgin pulp. A whale's worth of forest, the country whales, not a whale, uh, has been used for pulp, which mostly goes into bog roll, which mostly goes up Earl's arse. Um, that's not ideal, is it? None that's of it's not ideal. ideal. Talking about your bottom is not ideal. Americans... It's their fault. They're not ideal. I can't believe this stat. Americans. Actually, four- I take that back. I like Americans. Well, I did like them until I learned this stat, right? 4% <laughs> of the world's population are Americans. 20% of the world's bog roll usage is by Americans. What are they doing? This must be them in my... Huh? Right. I know who it is now. There aren't very many Americans in our office, and I know... Oh, yeah. well. how, is it pos- how is it possible to wipe your ass significantly... As a matter of how your culture operates, what happens when you're an American? Oh, we have Americans listen to this show. One of them emailed us this week. I like that American. Please write in and tell us you're American. When you're a kid in America, what do you get taught about <laughs> wiping your ass? I don't remember having lessons either way, but they must get taught in America. Mummy must sit down with baby or daddy must sit down with baby indeed and say, right, you're ready to graduate to big party, right? <laughs> and they'll put them on big potty and then they'll say like, give them a roll of bog roll and say take one roll <laughs> and wipe bottom with it yeah, don't take any sheets off no just, just roll it up and down <laughs> like you're trying to paint your bum just sort of yeah exactly <laughs> um i've got a sensible boring answer that i think might be the sensible boring answer what an awful lot of the world don't have access to bog roll oh an awful lot of the world don't have access to decent toilets. No, all right, fair enough. Although, um, we'll talk about this in a minute, although I think it does point to the fact that there are very different ideas of what is hygienic ah, around the place. Yes. Because, oh, here's a thing, yeah. If, if you were posed with the following conundrum, right? Here is the conundrum I'm posing to you, right? Oh, yeah. I've got poo all over my bottom. <laughs> How shall I get it off? Um... Well, if it's all over your bottom, uh, <laughs> suggest a shower. Well, quite. Well, exactly. Because? Well, because wet things help you remove poo and other stains better than dry things. So what, how did it come to pass that we decided the best way to get something sticky off your bottom is to wipe it with a bit of paper? Can you think of a single... Like, if, if you spilled that Vimto that you're drinking over there and you spilled it all over the table, you wouldn't, like, let it dry. And when it was all dry and sticky, try and pad it off with a bit of tissue paper. You know what you get there? And you get sticky Vimto table. And no one wants that. <laughs> Point is this, Oh, You're getting a hygiene quiz. Oh, good. Uh, so uh, I, I was really fascinated by this story. The thing that really interested me was not like bog roll bad for planet. We know that. Use less bog roll white your ass. Stop buggering about. Use recycled bog rolls. It's fine. Simple. You can <laughs> we could do have that. Made that. Could have made that section quite a lot shorter, exactly. couldn't we? <laughs> um, but there was a thing also in The Guardian over the last couple of weeks um, about like hygiene in general. How clean should you be? Should you be ultra, ultra, ultra clean, wash everything loads and loads and loads? Or should you, you know, every now and then, whenever you want? And I thought, given that you have previously um, admitted to not being very clean... Have I? Yes. And the, when? 
all over all loads of times like that time you said you weren't sure whether you should wash before getting into bed with Mrs. Ol that time no that was that's completely rubbish I was talking about washing my hands with uh, cold water which she complains about because then I have cold hands when I come to bed that's it. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, but you remember that Vibar when he was in here, episode yes. 119, saying that we're a bit scared of dirt and what we want to do is we want to have, like, Baby Ol wants to be out playing. Uh, I think he said, don't get him to rub raw chicken all over his face, but do get him to go play in the garden. And that is, dirt that is, is advice good. I have followed to the letter since, yeah. Very good episode, that. Do go and listen to Vibar. Yeah, well, this speaks to a broader debate about, you know, are we living in kind of hyper-sterile environments where actually we're not allowing our bodies to have access to the full range of bacteria that are out there, build up a nice bit of immunity to them, and therefore get fewer colds and all the rest of it. Um, in a, you know, as a result of a misguided attempt to try and stay very, very clean and healthy and, and in our little cottonwool cocoons. So... Hygiene quiz. Oh, yeah, sorry. Right, good. Question number one. (laughs) Oh, how often do you wash your towel? Uh, uh, Not enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you that much. Right. It definitely smells like it needs a wash by the time it gets washed. Right. Does it still bend by that point? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sort of whacking myself over the head with this (laughs) rigid, starched thing. Uh, I would say I'd say probably once every couple of weeks. Ooh, well, you're not far off. You're not far off the mm. uh, the UK. Maybe uh, longer. Well, no, according maybe longer. Maybe it's once every three weeks or something. Yeah, let's hope that let's hope you are far off because according to a poll uh, by Hubbub, which is an environmental charity, uh, who asked people at large, people wash their towels every eleven days, apparently. Um, which okay. I, I mean, I definitely go longer than eleven days. Defo, 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 defo. Uh, when you wash your towels, old, mm. do you wash them at thirty or forty degrees? In fact, do you wash things at forty degrees in general? Or no, 30? I wash things at thirty in general, which I'm really starting to resent. Why? Because everything stinks. Everything smells. We have uh, Ecova washing stuff. In fact, it's not even Ecova. We go and get refills. We're so bloody self-righteous and right on. We go and refill our big containers with washing liquid and all this other stuff. Um, that's nice, actually, because you get to go to nice cafes and say hello to people. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, God, just... Achingly right on. Christ. Okay? The sort of stuff you can only do in stinky London. Yeah. Um, you got to leave room in your bike basket for some kale and chard. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we go and refill it, but it's all kind of plant-based rubbish and therefore doesn't really clean. And then you put it in a machine at 30 degrees. And so the machine sort of goes... Uh, here you go, be clean to your clothes. And I'm getting a bit sick of it. Yeah, and according to a cleaning expert, Aggie McKenzie, uh, who uh, she says that a towel shouldn't go more than three or four days, basically. Um, Bollocks. I mean, you this spend is your thing- entire time washing if you did stuff like that. How often should we be washing them? Well, any time we come into contact with bacteria. So, um, after going to the toilet. Agreed. Uh, after handling raw meat. Right, and that's separate, isn't it? That's not a euphemism for the first one. Anyway, right, question number two. Can you speed this quiz up a bit, please? Well, can you answer faster then? <laughs> uh, how often do you change your bed sheets? Uh, again, not, not, <laughs> not as often as we should. Very busy people. A um, couple of weeks? We, now, yeah, every couple of weeks. When was the last time in days that you change your bed in sheets? In days? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know precisely, but certainly within the last two weeks. 
remember it being lovely. It's yeah. always really nice when we do it. Oh, it's lo- well, like a clean bed. Well, yeah. Aggie McKenzie, uh, who clean queen lady thing, uh, says, the less you change sheets, the more bits of skin will be in the bed. Um, so, and she reckons you want to do it every week, um, apparently. Don't think me and Aggie are going to get on. No, I don't think she will be hopping into your bed. Apparently, she says, that um, if, you, if you go into a house where the bed sheets haven't been cleaned for about as long as you're talking about, the smell is unmistakably greasy and sour. Oh, what? Every 16 days, apparently. It's a UK average, so, you, you know. For bedsheets? Yeah. Oh, there you go. People aren't that bad. Question number three. Yes. How often do you wash your jeans? Ah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh. Very, Have you ever very washed your jeans? <laughs> frequently. I really don't see the point in what... I mean, particularly dark jeans. I mean... I would say I go months and months without washing my jeans. Uh, Last question, Ol. Good. Toilet brush. Have you ever washed your toilet? Do you you own a toilet brush? Yes. Uh, Do you use the toilet brush? Yes. Have you ever cleaned... I get a lot of trouble if I don't use the toilet brush. Have you ever cleaned your toilet brush? What do you mean cleaned it? Cleaned it. How? I don't know. Clean it. Bung it in like a, bung it in a cleaning thing. I saw a thing on Mumsnet. Genuinely, this was being tweeted, and I saw it. And there was massive. This this person on Mumsnet had uh, put a thing on there saying, "I just want to check if what I'm doing is weird here, because uh, someone told me it was weird. Is there any problem with putting my toilet brush in the dishwasher?" <laughs> <laughs> to which the response, it may not surprise you to learn, was, "Yeah, don't do that." <laughs> I I haven't ever cleaned my toilet brush other than holding it under the flushing water of the toilet. Uh, I don't quite know what else I'd do. Well, Aggie McKenzie says she would rather get a pair of thick rubber gloves on and use her fingernail under the thick rubber gloves to scrape bits off than use a toilet brush, which she says contains Why? a fetid liquid bacteria soup at the bottom of every toilet brush holder. Yeah, I. Look, so you I mean, what? I mean, think about, it, think about it, right? No, I do. I know. And every time you go in there, you think that's horrible. That's unpleasant. Yeah. That's a little bucket of water and poo particles. But I mean, it's not doing anything or going anywhere. It's just it's sealed, isn't it? And every now and then you put the toilet brush in the toilet, which is also full of poo particles and poo. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo, small and brown, he comes from you. Sit on the toilet, here he comes. So look, plenty more where that came from. Go and check out the Guardian's thing. It's called the New Household Rules. Uh, ditch your toilet brush and watch much, wash much, much more. And what basically all you will learn, all in that is that cleany, freaky people and save the planet, tree huggery people do not necessarily agree <laughs> about how clean things should be. So let's wrap this up. How clean should things be, Oh, um, clean enough. The other thing, of course, about being clean is is about the amount of stuff you use to be clean. Stuff. Like if you're, you know, if you're forever washing yourself in a million different ways and washing every surface in your house and like buying into all of the marketing bollocks that is on these products that says, you know, kills ninety nine point nine percent of bacteria, uh, then you're you're just forever chucking horrible chemicals down the toilet, which uh, is horrible for any rivers it gets into. Then takes a lot of energy for the reprocessing plants to treat it plastic all. Plastic bottles, plastic bottles. In, yeah, it's not, but they're not very nice. 
substances anyway. I'm not convinced you do want to be surrounding yourself with them. So I think there's a lot to be said for minimising the amount of that crap that you use, um, which, you know, happens to sit nicely with my other don't wash very much ethos. Things that make you go, Jesus, shitting, oh God. Right, this is a section where we go, oh God, oh no, oh it's happened, and what? What's happened? <laughs> bad, bad's happened, or bad's in the process of happening. Now usually we're talking about some horrifying report, and don't worry, there's been plenty of those, we're just choosing to uh, put our fingers in our ears and ignore those. Uh, but this week we're talking about, what well, on the face of it is quite a good thing, because after a two year absence, there was a debate in the House of Commons in that there has the Parliament, uh, about climate change. Woo! Yeah! How did that go then? Well, for the people who turned up, it was uh, quite a good debate. I've read it. I've read the contributions. They were useful. Um, there weren't any people going, climate change isn't real, so that's good. That's good. Um, um, is yeah. that partially because hardly anyone came? Yes. Uh, ten, ten MPs took Ten? Yeah, that's that's the number I saw. Haven't independently checked that actually. It just occurs to me. So that's somebody else's opinion I've borrowed from the internet. Well, I, I heard that six hundred and ten MPs didn't turn up. Oh, so maybe forty. Maybe that's where my ten came from. So are there forty MPs there? No. Deforestation. But, Madam Deputy Speaker, my starting point really is that climate change is not some kind of future threat. Climate change is here and now. The climate Look, the point is, changed. not many MPs turned up for a debate about climate change, right? And lots of people of our acquaintance on the Twitter sphere and outside the Twitter sphere went, bloody MPs don't care about climate change. Yeah. Didn't they? They did. See? See? The, you know, this is why we need to replace everything with a republic of automated do-gooders. <laughs> That's what they said. Me and you. Yes. Yes, the babylocracy. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, this was this was the overwhelming reaction of, as you say, kind of uh, eco-minded Twitter sphere. I I don't actually agree with it. I think uh, well, Ooh, steady, you'll get letters. I know it will bring it on. I say because that's just not how debates in Parliament work. Like, this wasn't this wasn't a, a debate preceding a vote. There was no vote cast at the end of this. It wasn't leading to anything. No law was ever going to be changed or created nothing, literally nothing would happen. That doesn't mean debates aren't important, and it's important certainly to have those debates where you can answer minister, ask ministers what they're doing and all the rest of it. But that's just what happened. There are millions of debates about incredibly important things in Parliament that only a handful of people turn up to because, frankly, no one's really asking them to. Now, I guess this brings us on to the possibly more interesting element, which is only a very small handful of MPs thought it was worth their while electorally turning up. Right. And so, because presumably everyone, each of those MPs will have sent a letter out to their constituents going, I was delighted to attend this debate in Parliament and I made this point and I think climate change is very important. Now, it is a bit worrying that not more than, you know, a handful thought it was worth doing that. That, I think, is significant. Yeah, and that tells you something about, like, it's, you know, if a if, ask yourself, if you're upset at your MP for not turning up for that debate, ask yourself how many times you walk past a sign in your local library that says, meeting tonight about climate change, and you don't go to it. Yeah. Like, the point is, if no one's making you go and do these things, you can't go to everything, particularly not when you've got, like, Brexit to worry about. Yeah. And when actually, it's not like, this is the thing, I think people might have 
thought maybe misunderstood what Parliament is and how it works. It's not like whenever an MP sits about in a chamber, they are going to change the law of the country. That's not really how it works. They're just basically going, climate change, bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's bad. Do you think it's bad? Yeah, I do think it's bad. Well, I know you think it's bad. You're always here saying it's bad. Well, so are you. <laughs> but I did want to ask you all about your holiday mm. when you said it was sodding hot. Yeah. Where were you? When was it? Cornwall at exactly the same time that this debate was being had uh, end of february winter in other words yeah and well this we had three days within a period of a week where the hottest uh temperature recorded in england no in the uk for february was broken you're a bloody jinx yes it's my fault yeah uh yes it was the, the 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 record was broken three days uh within a week we had the first time ever that more than 20 degrees had been recorded in winter 20 degrees like, if you're in the UK and you get a summer's day of 19 degrees, it's all right. I was, uh, <laughs> it's not that bad. Uh, just over a year ago, I was up in the Shetland Islands, right, which is part of Britain just about, although they all walk about in horned helmets and drink mead <laughs> up there and like, do pillaging and stuff. Uh, but it's part of Britain, and the hottest it has ever been, ever, I just in the Shetland Islands. I just want to set out that there is somebody I know that listens to this podcast quite a lot who is from the Shetlands. Uh, and will I'd be interested to know what their reaction to being accused of being a pillager is. <laughs> so I said villager. I said villager. No, you said you said pillaging. You said they do pillaging. They do villaging in villages. Uh-huh. The hottest it has ever been in the Shetland Islands. All twenty three degrees. Really? So wow. That ever like in the peak I mean, summer heatiest Arctic, heat wave. Though, isn't well, it? I know, but that's the point, right? Like, yeah. and then then when Ooh, it got cold again, golly. you know what people started saying. Oh, it's a bit cold. It's cold, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's cold because it's winter. <laughs> yeah, I think to to bring this full circle, the very fact that this debate was happening in Parliament at this extraordinary time uh, of record-breaking winter heat, so far above the average, uh, it's a bit depressing that that alone didn't prompt a few MPs to turn up and go, this is weird, eh? ...have already raised the issue of... Just on Tuesday, temperatures re- reaching 21 degrees Celsius in London, the hottest February day in Britain. Anti-inhoff of the week. So, anti-inhoffs. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, an inhoff is the name we give to bad people because Jim Inhofe is a senator in America who thinks climate change isn't real because there's still snow. Anti-Inhofe's good people. Who's an anti-Inhofe this week, Dave? Emily Evis. Oh, that is this week's anti-Inhofe. Who's she? She is the person who runs Glastonbury Festival. Yeah. Uh, Which is what, for people who are transatlantic listeners who may not know? Ah, Glastonbury Festival is a music and arts festival in the southwest of England. It's been going for about 43, four years, something like that. It used to be where hippies went to take acid. Then it was where scousers went to burn down tents. And now it's where very wealthy middle class people go to convince themselves that they're still alternative. 
Yeah, I remember um, before I ever went, I've been there three times when I was a younger person. I'm too scared to go now. Um, when I first, I expected when I first turned up at Glastonbury, because it's always like you see it on the telly and it's always like sponsored by Greenpeace or Oxfam. It's got a great Three of them, isn't it? Greenpeace, Waterade and Oxfam. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it burnishes its green credentials. And I knew it had this uh, thing, what's it called? Like the, the healing fields mm-hmm. or something. And it has all these green sort of hippie vibe to it. Yeah. And I was really, really surprised. First time I went there to find it is a massive pile of shit. <laughs> like, did you? Were you surprised to find it's a massive music festival? Uh, like, I was surprised at the <laughs> sheer sodding scale of the thing. Like, I genuinely, it's extraordinary. Have you been? Yeah, yeah, three yeah times. Just, I've been three times as well. I don't think we've ever. We might have been at the same time before we knew each other, but yeah, it, it's like a well, town. It's perfectly isn't it? possible we were there all three times and never saw each other, even if we did know each other, because yeah. it's colossal. Oh, it's something like two hundred thousand people, isn't yeah. it? I think yeah. massive, massive. It takes you something like twenty minutes, you know, without a vast array of people in the way to get from one side of it to the other. It's absolutely extraordinarily big. But each of those people is for four or five days generating vast amounts of rubbish and chucking it into the bin. And I just see this image the first time I was like colossal amounts of shit. Yeah. But, but, oh, yes. Why are we talking about it? (laughs) Uh, We're talking about it because Emily Evis has said, we're not going to sell plastic bottles at the festival anymore. At Huzzah. all? At all? Yeah, apparently. All vendors, it says here, will stop selling single-use plastics and bottles will not be supplied across the Worthy Farm site. Bloody about time, frankly. It is about, it is about time. Yeah. Uh, I guess they could go further, though, because you will remember that if you try and take a glass bottle into... Uh, Glastonbury. Oh, I mean, they, they take you against a wall and shoot you in the neck. Yeah, they say we're not having that because yeah. that's not safe. Now, good reason. You don't want glass bottles being hurled around or underfoot, but they can ban no, people bringing those in. So why couldn't they ban people bringing plastic bottles in? Instead, you could just have your reusable doodah. Yeah, but you know, let's not be too picky chippy about this whole because fair. No, I'm not. Sorry, you're right. I'm fair not. dues because that's fair a bit dues. extreme. I'm not, I'm not sure I fully believe that statement. <laughs> I just emphatically set out. No, indeed, because fair dues because you were talking back in episode 136. Do you remember when we were talking about the school strikes and you were saying like, don't underestimate that even if the school strikes themselves for the climate uh, never achieve anything directly, that what they may do is persuade a whole new generation of people that actually change can happen and there's something empowering about being around loads of people and sort of starting them on a journey in that sort of way right and if you are a fresh-faced or increasingly less fresh-faced as the festival goes on little urchin and you're away from mummy and daddy for the first time and you want to see the new music by stormy or mumford and sons stormy. or whatever they're called stormy uh, stormy do you know stormy? what his actual name is oh what well, marcus no no is that like you know he's not stormy stormy storm z <laughs> sure oh man said. What did oh, I say? You're just you're hysterical. <laughs> anyway, Stormy. If you want to see the new music by Stormzy, <laughs> Stormy or Cloudy or Sunny, and you're away from Mummy and Daddy for the first time, <laughs> and you've never been in a thing that's like an environment like this, and you realise actually it's possible to congregate half of the Western world in a field for a fortnight without bugger out the planet, you might go back to Mummy and Daddy and say, "Oi, give me that washing up liquid. Stop." <laughs> and throw the bottle away. I've lost the thread of this. You've Can we finish the, the episode now? Yeah. Stormy. <laughs> right, that is just about it for another episode of 
babble. Thank you very, very much, Dave, for babbling so magnificently as ever. Welcome. Thank you to Dickie Moore, who does the music at the beginning and the end and the intertwinkly bits of this podcast. We love you, Dickie. And thank you, too, to the majestic Arthur Stovall, who has designed our artwork, what you can see on our website and podcast apps and stuff, but more importantly, on our T-shirts. Do go to our website and buy T-shirts. Wear babble on you. Thank you, last and by no means least, to my little niece Arabella for reading out the egregious eco-guff so magnificently. Thank you to everyone who has pledged some dosh to the babble. We have a crowdfunder at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble where you can give us a few quid uh, to contribute to the ongoing costs of our organ. Thank you to Paula Cmec. Apologies, Paula, if that's not pronounced correctly. Uh, to Simon Crammond and to Struan Henderson, who have come in since the last time what we had the opportunity to thank people. You can get in touch with us. Oh, you can send us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish. Tell us what you thought of the show. We read everything. We can't always reply to everything. Too much other stuff. Sadie Planet things going on. You can find us on Facebook. Just have a search for Sustainable babble, or we are on the Twitter at the Babble Wagon. I think you did it. I did it. I think you made it. Woo-hoo! How do you feel? Fine, that's not that exciting. No, you, you feel good. <laughs> I do. Um, and uh, don't please don't forget that if you like the babble, it really helps us do loads of things. If you can give us a five star review, or you know whatever you feel appropriate on your podcast medium of choice. Very good. Now, one final thing before we go, I wanted to put this in. Dave wouldn't let me have a new section called. You, Piers Morgan. Well, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but in you, Piers Morgan news, uh, you know how he got very cross about Greg's having vegan sausage rolls? Uh, yes. Well, Greg's have gone and posted 15% profit rises and like are opening all of their new stores and just are making loads and loads of money, which, which they're they putting saying, down yes. to all of the brilliant publicity they got and people liking their vegan sausage rolls. So, you, Piers Morgan. And no, no, indeed, quite the opposite. Piers Morgan, clearly, when you tell people that a thing is a bad idea, they do the exact opposite. So carry on. That's true. Carry Someone on. Someone get him to listen to this podcast so he gives us a terrible review. That would be ideal. Yes. Uh, Piers, if you are listening, f*** you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>